heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey today. We have got an adventure for you. And just like the intro says, you know, the heart of every man craves adventure. And uh, if you ever come to a boot camp, which shameless plug is one coming up November 1st, <laughs> and you go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and sign up for that. But one of the very first things we do, Darren, is we call out, what's your favorite movie? And there's a very specific reason we do that, right? Yeah. We always ask the guys on the first night, you know, kind of what's their favorite movie? Why? Is that a favorite movie? Um, you know, what does that stir up in their heart? Uh, who would they want to be identified with? You know, what character in the movie? And, uh, you know, and then there's several other questions off of that as well. Um, you know, some guys find out that the character they always identify dies in the end. But, um, you know, there, there might be somebody being called for <laughs> sacrifice. Some guys find out that their character tumbles down a big hill in the end. And Sam, I, for me, this was a big awakening. You mean my couch potato days are not necessarily a waste of time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when when you start asking yourself that question about what is it about that movie that really speaks to my heart? What is it about that character that I identify with? And, you know, just letting God kind of work in that is pretty cool because, you know, he's really trying to teach you something about yourself. Yeah, and there are these core desires that come as part of the masculine journey. So we thought it would be fun to go on an adventure with our host to say, okay, well, when it gets down to it in this season of your life, you know, what's your favorite movie? And last week I had a chance to do that with Lincoln. Well, this week we have a very uh, different uh, – that's the best way I know to put it. <laughs> a little, little but, different genre but, than Lincoln. A little different genre than Lincoln. But nonetheless, it's going to be an adventure because, Jim, it's your week. And when I've been asked that question, even at my very first boot camp in Colorado, well, it's my second one, but the first one, I don't remember that question. I felt inadequate because my favorite was everybody, all these posers are throwing out, you know, Braveheart and Gladiator. this war, Gladiator, all <laughs> these manly Ryan, men movies. Rob Roy. And I'm sitting back there and thinking, well, my favorite movie is Princess Bride. It was And when I had that as my favorite movie, I had not heard, as you asked earlier, and that was a good question before the show. I did not know about the uh, mas well masculine journey is what I'm saying, but about the core desires. I hadn't heard any of that, but I did realize that you know my movie Princess Bride has all that, and it's got fencing and fighting and torture and revenge and pirates and escapes and Columbo. And, and so, so you know, to set up this clip. Love. <laughs> oh, I was trying to set it up for you. But. 
<laughs> you didn't let me get the oh, true I'm love. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you could have said up. No, true that was love. the last one. Was true love. It, it is true love, and so. You know, kind of neat, Columbo, for those of us who are late 80s satire, <laughs> you know, you know, love that kind of thing. Yeah, great. You know, but, but Columbo is, and by the way, and, and Darren himself said he used this movie when his son stayed home sick, mm-hmm. because the setup is that this boy stayed home sick, so his grandpa, who is, i.e. Columbo, is, yeah. is going to tell him this story to try to make his heart come alive, and so he sets it up with this. Love you. That's the end of it. That was really good. Did you like that? <laughs> That's what that was for powerful. That <laughs> was on a small farm in the country of Florin. Our favorite pastimes were riding a horse and tormenting the farm boy that worked there. His name was Wesley, but she never called him that. Isn't that a wonderful beginning? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Nothing gave Buttercup as much pleasure as ordering Wesley around. Farm boy, polish my horse's saddle. I want to see my face shining in it by morning. As you wish. As you wish was all he ever said to me. Farm boy, fill these with water. Please. As you wish. That day, she was amazed to discover that when he was saying, as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. So, Jim, you know, there's the setup. (laughs) As you wish. There it is. And the true love, as the opening of that, is the pursuit of beauty. And that goes throughout it. And this has all of those Three things, a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. But it sort of uh, follows my life to some extent. And my adventurous little mind when I was very small, I was always rescuing the little baby, or little baby, little beauty, pushing her out from in front of the car and getting hurt but not killed doing it and (laughs) being the hero of the story. And this movie is a lighthearted treatment of what really does appeal to our masculine hearts. Yeah, and and it really appeals to your life because your very own wife thinks you're like Wesley. <laughs> that as you wish, which if you know Jim and and we know Jim, that you know he has got that servant. You know what? Yeah. What do you? Well, as yeah. you wish. Yeah. Yeah, and and the way that Wesley says as you wish, you know, Just you get this like- sense of. Yeah, I love you. And it really is what's funny about my wife comparing me to Wesley. I don't know that she picked up as much on the as you wish, but I am a people pleaser. I mean, that's the negative side of that, really wanting to. We've been meaning to talk to you about that. Do what other, do things that other people are going to appreciate. And, you know, there's danger there, but it's also a wonderful place to be. But her comparison was. She considers me an unrealistic optimist. <laughs> and there's a lot in the movie that I love that uh, they're getting ready to go into the fire swamp, and we'll hear that right before this line. This is after the clip that we're going to watch later. But uh, she says, we'll never survive going into the fire swamp. And he says, oh, that's 
silly. Uh, you're only saying that because no one ever has. <laughs> and well, that, Sam, that's uh, the sort of optimism my wife thinks I have. You do. You do. And, and Sam, you know, as I was processing this clip, I thought about, you know, how amazing is it that Jesus really is that as you wish, sometimes even when you'd wish he didn't <laughs> do what you wished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't you think, Sam? Yeah, you know, I think it's really the, the pursuit of true love. It really describes, you know, God's pursuit of our heart, is, you know, and, and what we need to be pursuing in God is that, that true love that he offers us. All right, so moving along, there's this... I wasn't ready to move along. You're not ready to move along? Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, what Sam says is right. A God says to us, as you wish. But our showing him love mm-hmm. is saying to him, as you wish. Yeah. You know, not my will, but thy will be done. So when we obey him, when, when we in essence say okay, even if it seems like something hard on us, something maybe we're not really excited about doing, that's our way of saying to him, yeah, I love you. Yeah, instead of you got to be kidding, as your wish comes across much so more. So if you wanted faithful. to climb the cliffs of insanity, <laughs> I mean, if Jesus told you to do that, I, I think I'm hearing a lead in <laughs> to the next clip. <laughs> you got a lot of clips here, Jim. We got to get them. To, we got to get to them. So the next clip, right, is is the adventure to live, so to speak. Yeah, the princess has been kidnapped. And being there, Wesley, although she doesn't, she thinks he's dead, is in pursuit of their ship. And they recognize that they are being pursued, and that kind of puts us in the place where we are going with this clip. The Cliffs of Insanity. Look, he's right on top of us. wonder if he's using the same wind we are using. Whoever he is, he's too late. See? We're safe. Only Fezzik is strong enough to go up our way. He'll have to sail around for hours till he finds a harbor. He's climbing the rope. And he's gaining on us. Inconceivable. Faster! I thought I was going faster. You were supposed to be this Colossus. You were this great legendary thing, and yet he gains. Well, I'm killing three people. And he got on to himself. I do not accept excuses. I'm just going to have to find myself a new giant, that's all. Don't say that, Vincini, please. Did I make it clear that your job is at stake? You got very good arms. He didn't fall? Inconceivable. <laughs> you keep using the heart. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> we lost the rope cut there, but... They're climbing the road. And one of the things I identified here with is I've worked for guys like Vincini. You know, it doesn't matter how well you're doing the job, you're going to get torn down. And then you get into that place that Andre the Giant got into of, you know, poor, poor me. Let me make an excuse. I don't accept excuses. And, you know, it's that is a place I've been 
multiple times. See, I don't really see Andre doing that. I, I don't see him making excuses. I I see him coming explaining the situation. Well, I see him coming back to reality. I mean, basically saying, "Hey, look, dude, if you want to go faster, get off." Um, you know, I mean, if if you want to go faster, why don't why don't you start climbing? And uh, but I mean, the the whole the whole thing there is is that um, you've got this this great adventure happening, and yet the the people that are doing most of the talking the one guy who's doing most of the talking he's not really living the adventure he's falling on somebody else's coattails <laughs> there you go very interesting adventure as we're going into the <laughs> battle to fight and uh, so when we come back we're going to hear more on prince's bride which that in itself has a very biblical meaning doesn't it jim <laughs> yes and, uh We've got a boot camp coming up November 1st through the 4th. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to see all about it. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way, you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. God has set within each of us a masculine heart. Why? Why did he give you that heart? And what does the Christian life have to do with any of that? Come join Masculine Journey Radio for a boot camp, November the 1st through the 4th, based on John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. And when might that be again? That's a great question, Tiny Jim. November the 1st through the 4th. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. This love was stronger than the power so dark A prince could have within his keeping My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel So there you go, Jim, that uh, God's story is so often in almost every story. And that clip gives it so much be about Jesus. I mean, that's, and the feelings we feel are, well, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of feelings because they've deceived me multiple times in my life. Chicago but that's would be where really we disappointed. live. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know why, but I do love Chicago. <laughs> not the town. <laughs> okay, the band. <laughs> but the band. But yeah, it's a, his love goes takes care of us in a way that's beyond anything we can imagine. And he's won us over. So Wesley is certainly, you know, on his way to rescuing the beauty, but he's got a battle to fight. In this case, it looks like he's going down. Well, he's at the top of the cliffs of insanity. He has his first challenge. An ego who is a master swordsman, is going to kill him in a duel. And that's one of three. He goes through trials that all of which 
are covered. You know, the first one is a matter of skill with the sword. Then it's strength. He has to fight against the giant. And ultimately, it's a battle of wits with Vincini, who is supposed to be a genius, but uh, he does a lot of stupid things. Inconceivable. <laughs> but, yes. But they not, not realize reality. And actually, during the break, we were talking about that, and that was kind of interesting. Um, what it is okay to point out unrealistic expectations, which I sort of identified with Andre there, <laughs> not just in size. but uh, So at this point, as he is there with Max, it's looking bad for the home team. <laughs> yeah, uh, through all of this, ultimately, Wesley ends up being tortured and we would think killed. But. You got money? 65. <laughs> I never worked for so little, except once, and that was a very noble cause. This is noble, sir. His wife is crippled. Children are on the brink of starvation. Uh, you are a rotten liar. I need him to help avenge my father. Murdered these 20 years. Your first story was better. Where's that bellows cram? He probably owes you money, huh? Well, I'll ask him. He's dead. He can't talk. Look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Please open his mouth. Now, mostly dead, he's slightly alive. Now, all dead, well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. What's that? Go through his clothes and look for loose change. so important what you got here that's worth living for true love true love you heard him you could not ask for a more noble cause than that yes honey true love is the greatest thing in the world except for a nice mlt mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe they're so perky i love that but that's not what he said. He distinctly said, to blave. And as we all know, to blave means to bluff. Huh? So you're probably playing cards, and he cheated. Liar! 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 Get back, witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! But after what you just said, I'm not even sure I want to be dead anymore. You never had it so good. To love. He said to love, Max. Don't say My another God. word, Valerie. He's afraid. Ever since Prince Humperdinck fired him, his confidence is shattered. Why'd you say that name? You promised me that you would never say that name. What? Humperdinck? Humperdinck! 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 Stiegen! Humperdinck! Humperdinck! I'm not listening! Oh, I love that challenge to his pose there. I mean, Max is lost his job and lost his feelings about being a, capable of doing the miracle. Billy Crystal character is yeah. Max. And Valerie challenges that, as our wives are prone to do. And we probably shouldn't call them witches. That kind of set her off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's easy to say. But in that, what hit me, and the reason that clip's there, is... How many friends do we have that are mostly dead? That you know, their masculine heart is done. They're they've given up. 
both like Max and like Wesley, who is mostly dead, literally, at that point. It's kind of ironic, isn't it, Sam, that Max is also mostly dead. Oh, yeah. It, it really is. I just can't get past Carol Kane's character in her voice. It drives me nuts. <laughs> she does a great job of playing the witchy witchy person on that, but, man, that one's tough. Yeah, I'm kind of assuming we're talking to people that have seen the movie and shouldn't since I'm surrounded by guys that only watched it because I made them. But uh, there there are a lot of people that are going to identify with this easily and see it, and there are others that are going, what is this silly movie? <laughs> and, you know, you're both right because we all are different and we hear things differently. But you kind of see, you see Jesus in, in Wesley in that he's, He's not eternally optimistic. He's eternally positive in that he's going to keep pursuing you no matter what. He's going to fight whatever battle has to be fought no matter what. He's going, he, you know, he's... he's Even, even death doesn't stop him. Yeah. He is a Christ-like figure. Yeah, and so we got another clip. <laughs> what might this one be? <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Well, I literally don't remember. <laughs> It's the reunited. Okay, oh, okay. so you know. yeah, we we are about reunited. to. This is the one I spoke about earlier. There, he has been pursuing the Princess Bride. They are fleeing together, and he's basically taken her captive after he saved her from the other guys. So this is when she finds out who he really is. Yeah, that's part of the the deal is Wesley has now become the pirate, which, you know, obviously speaks. The Dread Pirate Roberts. The, the Dread Pirate Roberts, <laughs> right. And so but she has no idea of this, so here's the big reveal. And then, oh, but it doesn't happen until she kills him, right? Comes close. I know who you are. Your cruelty reveals everything. You're the Dread Pirate Roberts. Admit it. With pride. What can I do for you? You can die slowly, cut into a thousand pieces. Hardly complimentary, Your Highness. Why lose your venom on me? You killed my love. It's possible. I kill a lot of people. Who was this love of yours? Another prince like this one? Ugly, rich, and scabby? No. A farm boy. Poor. Poor and perfect. With eyes like the sea after a storm. On the high seas, your ship attacked. And the Dread Pirate Roberts never takes prisoners. I can't afford to make exceptions. I mean, once word leaks out that a pirate has gone soft, people begin to disobey you, and then it's nothing but work, work, work all the time. You mock my pain! Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. I remember this farm boy of yours, I think. This would be what, five years ago? Does it bother you to hear? Nothing you can say will upset me. He died well. That should please you. No bribe attempts or blubbering. He simply said, please. Please, I need to live. It was the please that caught my memory. I asked him what was so important for him here. True love, he replied. And then he spoke of a girl of surpassing beauty and faithfulness. I can only assume he meant you. You should bless me for destroying him before he found out what you really are. And what am I? 
Faithfulness he talked of, madam, your enduring faithfulness. Now tell me truly, when you found out he was gone, did you get engaged to your prince that same hour, or did you wait a whole week out of respect for the dead? You mocked me once, never do it again! I died that day! You can die too, for all I care! Oh. As you wish! Oh, my sweet Wesley, what have I done? Ow! Oh! 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 Move? You're alive. If you want, I can fly. There you go. Now the the tumble down the hill was about thirty seconds that we shortened for you, but uh, <laughs> he she basically tried to kill him, and it looked like it should have worked for both of them. But they are okay at the bottom and about to head into the fire swamp. But it is a a matter of. You know, revealing who he is and that he has been pursuing her all this time, even though she thought he was dead. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that he had actually, as I was processing the clip thinking about it, he had actually killed himself, um, his own identity, to become the dread pirate Robert. He was no longer Wesley. And so, to an extent, Darren, he's been posing. <laughs> uh-huh. He even has the mask to show it. Yeah, I mean, uh, would that we would all pose in such a noble way for, for such a uh, noble um, cause, but most of us are not posing um, in order to finally prove our true love for somebody. We're posing probably because we're worried that we're not capable of true love for somebody. And uh, thankfully, Jesus never posed. He was very authentic and very real to the to yeah, the core. He didn't change his name or anything. But Sam, what? How does that speak to you? Yeah, I think that just coming into the calling that God has for you. You know, there, there's there's lots of movies that deal with that topic, but I think it's just. Uh, I really love the way Wesley just steps into this willingly, just knowing. No matter the outcome, things are going to be okay. You know, I think a lot of times we worry about entering into things. Oh, no, what's the outcome? What's the outcome? And it really doesn't matter because it's going to be okay. There you go. Go, Jim. We're going to give you the last word because it's your movie. Well, if we are following God's heart, then we can do all things in Christ. And this appeals to me because of the humor but also because of the bullies being beaten down and because ultimately true love wins. There you go. And if you want a chance to really experience God, hear from God and and begin to walk into that identity, your chance to register for the boot camp coming up November 1st, go to masterandjourneyradio.org.